You're about to listen to the Superman on Film audio commentary for Justice League, the 2017 version. You know the one. The Justice League that Warner Brothers brought Joss Whedon in to rewrite and reshoot at the last second. The Justice League whose validity is about to be questioned when Zack Snyder's Justice League arrives on HBO Max on March 18th. This is Mario Francisco Robles, host of the Fanboy Podcast and founder of Superman on Film, and joining me on commentary for this will be Brett Miro, my old co-host from the Revengers Podcast. And remember, before we get started, be sure to start checking out Superman on Film starting April 18th, 2021 for news, reviews, and analysis about all things Superman. But here we are. I've got it paused at the uh, zero, zero, zero mark. And it's kind of funny looking at the timestamps because, you know, th- there was that whole thing about Warner Brothers and the two hour mandate. Right. That after uh, BVS came out, you know, one of the things they said was that Justice League had to be a two hour movie. And look at this. It's exactly, exactly two hours that's hilarious to me like they took that very literal and like but doesn't that also paint a picture like this is totally like a made by committee studio corporate bit of product yes you know what i mean this is not something someone came up with this amazing story using the justice this is like just you know a completely neutered studio affair so on that note we're gonna count down from three two one and then i'll say go all right So, starting the theatrical cut of Justice League in three, two, one, go. So, I'll just start off really quick before it starts. (laughs) I'm going to start off on a positive note. This is one of my favorite Superman scenes ever. Mm. And out of the, you know, lip controversy now for like a little distance... (laughs) Wow, that lip is distracting. Yeah. (laughs) But I actually love the scene. I love the way it's written. And I love uh, the way it's uh, portrayed by Henry Cavill. Um, Just you'll see like at the, towards the end of it, this little cell phone clip, the smile he gives says so much. And it's, it's very Superman to me. And, you know, and having kids marvel at Superman, you know. Yeah, it's a sweet scene. It's just like a sweet interaction. Yeah. And it does so much for the character. And that's why it's such a shame that he looks like that. Yes. You know, it's crazy. They couldn't fix that facial hair situation. Yeah, you know, like, that's... Like, that gives me, I, right now, sitting here, like, yeah. I have chills right yeah, now. Yeah, that's Superman. It's beautiful. That's it's, Superman. it's a Superman. It's a, you know, I, listen, uh, you know, now we're, we're kind of in a world now where, like, uh, the, the, the Joss Whedon controversy yeah. is, like, 
a lot more has been brought to light, and it turns out he's uh, not a yeah, good person. He's not. But uh, say what but you will. But he wrote a good Superman. <laughs> he, he wrote a he wrote a great Superman scene. So sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Kind and of thing. he has some cringe stuff later, but we'll you know, yeah. we'll watch and we'll we'll comment on those things. But no, that was that scene. That was Superman. I know that guy. I've seen that guy. Great. That's a great shot. Awesome Imagine shot. Look like Bale's Batman in that shot. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, he's up there perched. It's great. And see, see, I I love like the way the scene is constructed. This feels all very Batmany. I love the choreography and the staging. But it is notable that like this Gotham feels much more cartoonish than the Gotham we saw in the previous movie. You know, this feels more like Tim Burton. It looks like they took like reused sets from Tim Burton's yeah. uh, Batman movies. That's and, the only uh, thing. Yeah, repurpose like them. If and, and like, we'll talk about, you know, the, just the visual quality a bit here and there throughout this movie. This scene very much looks like it's on a set. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know. It, it, it yeah. kind of makes it a little hokey. And, and it is kind of a hokey scene too, yeah. as you'll see as it plays out. But like... Had the previous things we'd seen with Batman, you know, in the in Batman versus Superman looked and felt like this, then this would have been fine. But this clashes with what we've established with right. this Batman, like the tone. But, uh, this, but it's uh, this scene's kind of cool. Like it's actually it's pretty awesome, and this is how Batman yeah. would test things out. I think they go on fear. Let me go scale. Like it's awesome. Yeah, I mean. This skirt's a fine line, but it, it, I don't know. This, this is fun for me. Oh, yeah. This is just like a. It's fun. Yeah, it's it, fun. This is pure just comic book spectacle, and it's going to set up a pivotal plot point. So it's not like right. just here for fan service. This is what's going to set up how the movie concludes, how they defeat Steppenwolf. I, I'm not the biggest fan of the parademon design. Yeah. Like, I don't it, hate it. It's kind of cartoonish. But it's a little... I don't know. There's something different that could... I don't know what it was. It, it, I, I wish they were, like, a little less metal and more organic. Mm. More bio-organic and, yeah. like, grosser. I want them to be, like, wetter or slimier. Yeah. <laughs> like, this part's doofy with the criminal. Yeah, with Batman having this casual chat with the burglar. Yeah. By the way, the burglar is, what, Colt Michelinie. Yeah. Like a recognizable Real great face. actor. Yeah. For one scene. But you see, it's interesting to watch this too, though, since it is a break from BVS, right? It's interesting to watch it with the idea that they were trying to make this movie like accessible to all so that even if you didn't see BVS, you may watch and enjoy this movie. Right, right. right? So if we treat this more like it is kind of on its own since it's not trying to really continue Snyder's vision in any substantial way, like it's interesting watching it like as they try to appeal to an outsider. And then meanwhile, we know that the outsiders didn't end up coming. Right, yeah, you know, exactly. Opening weekend came, and only the hardcores went, and the general public kind of shunned it. Right. You know? That's why it only opened to 93 million, because 
unfortunately, BVS had had killed off a lot of the interest in this movie before it arrived. Right. Yeah, that's a, it's just unfortunate. Because you, yeah. you don't open low because the movie's bad. You open low because the buzz is bad. Yeah, and th- that, that's what I heard it. There was like a lot of early buzz on on everything, and and I guess like you know, like I said pe- the drama was very well publicized. And I yeah, think- but but also people for general audiences who had already seen BVS, a lot of them tuned out after that. They yeah. weren't interested in the next movie anymore, and they tried to make the movie more like, no, look, this is for everyone. It's not as divisive. It's not as whatever. It's easier entertainment. But by then, the audience just they they weren't interested. Yeah. That said, I, I like the idea of what's happening here. This whole opening credit sequence is about establishing what a world without Superman is like. Right. Everything's descending into chaos. You know, it was this idea that Superman was a bastion for hope. And even though we didn't really get to see much of that in BVS, it, this plays off that idea of... Yeah, you know. I know that. That's like such always been like a disconnect for me. I'm yeah, like, it's just. But like, that's why you have to treat it like it's on an island. Yeah. You almost have to assume like. And I know, like, I know some people argue, yes, Man of Steel, yes. It's, it's, I'm not saying like that Snyder had, uh, you know, a Superman that was devoid of heroic oh, no, acts. Yeah. Like, and he I, and I actually really, really love. You know, I have very strong positive feelings about Man of Steel. Yeah, and I, it's my favorite Superman yeah. movie. You know, but so. in terms of like the world responding, to yeah, him, in that's terms more of like getting to see him run some kind of victory lap. Where the world is shown embracing him and being inspired by him. We didn't get that. But here we kind of have to assume that the world did feel that way. And they're in mourning. And here's a taste of the types of horrible things that have happened. And how overwhelmed our Justice League is. Right. Without him. And this, uh, so now we're coming up on our uh, Wonder Woman intro for this movie. And actually this is an awesome scene. I really, really like it a lot. And that's the thing, and this is this one is like a combination Snyder Whedon, right? This is one of those where Whedon just like made tweaks to the existing scene. And this is another one where they got a big actor for just one scene. You know, he was on Game of Thrones, and he was a sizable role in that. Oh, okay, right, right. And this was great because remember, this is five months after Wonder Woman took over the world. When Wonder Woman came out in June of 2017, this people cheered in the theater when I saw this. That was cool. And she was such a a fan favorite uh, at the end of BVS as well. Yeah, people just love Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. One thing to note, if you've seen... W uh W I'm like saying W Wonder Woman eighty four. Um notice the color palette difference on yeah. uh the way her armor looks in this and BVS. Yeah. Very dark, battle worn. And in BVS, remember the first picture it, it, there was no color, it was like bronze. It was you right, know, it looked like right. just pure Xena. But now uh, you know, in, in the it's subsequent films, getting more it's got more the nice more bright red, a little yeah. more of a royal blue going on, a little more color pop, not so muted. And an interesting thing, too, that I've noticed about the differences in the scenes is that if you look in the trailers initially for Justice League, before Whedon, before all the overhauls, you see that the explosion here happens out of these windows. The explosion happens here where all the hostages are. 
Right. As opposed to here where she's going to get that up into the sky. Right. So that tells me that I think it's possible that Wonder Woman somehow fails on this mission or something goes wrong. Because in the Snyder Cut, you very clearly see the explosion coming out of this floor of the of the bank or whatever this is. That's interesting. Yes. You know, so that was a Whedon call to have the explosion up there. This this part's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a big fan of this part, exact sequence. And her attitude about it. Yeah. Like And it just you... it looks it looks good. It looks awesome. Yep. And her music is just phenomenal. Yeah, her her theme is also dope. And they use it in a lot of cool different ways. They speed it up, they slow it down, they I, make know, it more bombastic. Yeah. It's like a little quiet. It's great. It's just... <laughs> That's awesome. Um, ah, we'll, we'll get into it. All right, here we go. We got Bruce on the, uh, on the horse on the mountain. Of course, a black stallion. Black stallion. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure there was a much more practical way for him to get to this village. You know, maybe get like a helicopter or something. <laughs> Just like airdropped it. But then he wouldn't be able to do this. Right. He's Batman. He wants, you know? to, go, he wants to go in quietly. He doesn't want to draw any I'd attention. love to hear the conversation he had with Alfred. Where Alfred's like, you want me to book you a helicopter? No. I need to ride a pony over a mountain <laughs> yeah. so I could loom down on the village. Order me a horse. And make it black. <laughs> okay, so look, Snyder scene. You just look at Ben's face to know the difference. So that was Snyder. Right. Still. Still Snyder. Still. Are we watching the Snyder Cut? No. <laughs> mm, that might have been a weed in there. The giveaway is in the hair and the puff. That's a weed in. Yeah. That's a weed in. Well, I think it was like, well, at this point. Um, yeah. Ben Affleck was, I think, kind of in a little bit of like a relapse state too, yeah. with like his alcoholism. So, like, you do see and in his face, Snyder, a little puffier, and, and that's a weed. And yeah, it goes in and out, yeah. shot by shot. Yeah, he had put on like, I think, like twenty to thirty-five pounds. Yeah, and he was he was a little puffy. You could see. I don't think he was doing that great, which is pretty well documented. Yeah, that's Snyder. This is Whedon. Look at him. Right. This is where you could see Ben's soul destroyed by doing these reshoots. (laughs) (laughs) The subtext of these scenes is Ben just like, I just need to be anywhere but here. Yeah, he's, I mean, I feel bad. He's definitely, he's exhausted and he's probably not great at this point. He was burned out by what happened on Live by Night. Yeah. He was having issues in his personal life. You know, his marriage had just crumbled. (laughs) There he is. And then here he is also like having to do this gimped version of what he signed up for, you know, because he really bought in 
to Snyder's pitch. You know, when Snyder told him the the overall vision for Batman. Yeah, he ben thought it was really going to be Dark Knight Returns, that. and yeah. he was all in for that. And, and now to have metal. to do this, like, this is not what this Oscar winner signed up to do. Right. So you could just see he's, like, just over it. I mean, listen, he's doing fine here. Do you think Jason Momoa works that's out? Fake. That, that's the <laughs> Whedon thing. Yep. Yeah. Do you think he lifts? <laughs> if you lift underwater, does that go more, more resistance or something? I'm, I'm always going to be sad. I mean, maybe there's a chance it happens. I don't think it there is. What, more Jeremy Irons? Yeah, no, but like yeah. more of like getting to see these two do Batman stories together. I was really excited that to get to see, you know, Affleck and Irons and a proper, you know, Batman trilogy. Yeah. I like their chemistry. I like the, the relationship between this Bruce and I like the Alfred. more active Alfred yeah. that's involved in the day-to-day. Yeah, that's the uh, thing. In BVS, I was so excited for the Batman world they were setting up there. And I wanted to see more from that world. And Ben just got so burnt out. Yeah. And now we're getting uh, the Batman. Which I'm very excited for. <laughs> you know, and I am, I am. But in but theory, yeah, no, that would have been Ben Affleck's The Batman had this whole experience gone differently. Yeah, I would have loved I would have loved to see this play out. <laughs> You'll be Bruce's team. Yes, I know that's good. And then this is another big subplot in all this. Yeah, too. there's going to be a lot what more cyborg, cyborg in, yep. in the Snyder cut. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. See, I like that. I don't know who who scene this is, but I like this dialogue, and I, I like this is good. Yeah, like I think I- that was good stuff. The I don't beginning, know whose it was, but the beginning was of this movie is I, I I don't find it to be terrible or horrible. Like everything so far. Like I said, I know there's another the Oh, there's Jimmy Olsen, by the way. You see him? Yes. Jimmy Olsen from the Chris Reeve movies. That's cool. Mark McClure from Back to the Future, also. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> that's so cool. Um Yeah, like the, the mustache aside, you know, okay, like visually no, like that stunk. Like I said, the Batman scene's a little hokey, uh, you know, the conversation with the criminal and the way it, like, it kind of looks like it's on a set and not really visually up to par. Yeah, there was those, but like overall, I'm not like disinterested at this point. In the yeah, movie, yeah, you know, so it's funny. I want to see the point where it really hits me. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to end up loving this movie this time? I'm not. I'm going to watch it now and be like, oh, this was a great movie. <laughs> oh, Billy Crudup. This is another one. Amazing where, like, actor. Yeah. I want to see I love this what this is out. setting up. Yeah. yeah. I want to see more Ezra Miller, Billy Crudup. I want to see this flash get continued. And I think, and they, that's the plan. They're, they're bringing Billy Crudup back, or at least they're trying. Crudup. And the, are you sure? I'm positive. I was new podcast. But you said he, Cavill and it's Cavill. Well, I don't know about him. I didn't hear a podcast with him. <laughs> ah, there we, <laughs> but right. there was a podcast where he was talking to Mark Marin. Yeah. And he talks about the actual pronunciation. And it's what? It's Crudup. Crudup. Billy Crudup. I always thought it was Crudup, too. I can't hear Billy Crudup. Let me hear Billy Crudup. Well, so they cut all the scenes. (laughs) 
see this is good stuff and and it's interesting that the studio did leave this in because even at this juncture they were banking on being able to continue with this flash Right, they were the, the Flash you know? movie was still in its yeah. uh, long so development. Like they <laughs> left this in here, yeah, because you know to get this movie to be under two hours when Snyder had like over four hours worth of movie, they had to cut so much. But they left this in, which shows that like the studio was always intent on following up on this Barry. Yeah, listen, you don't you don't hire the actors you hire for a lot mm-hmm. of these scenes. No, just... but for some things like for Cyborg, they totally nipped it where they didn't really set up a place for him to go. Right after this, you know. Um, and even with Superman specifically, they didn't set up some place directly for him to go. You know, right. They didn't like do stuff to set up other people's stories much. Or even they cut Willem Dafoe and what they were setting up for Aquaman. Right. Out of correct. This. I think we're gonna get more of that in the Snyder. Yeah. Cut, right. Yeah. So like you know, so they did a lot of stuff where they cut anything that wasn't related to this story, and yet the Flash subplot, they left in. And you notice how, like, you know, they didn't set up where WW84 might go. You know what I mean? In terms of, like, setup stuff, they trimmed all right. of that. You're right. But when it came to the Flash, they give him places to go later. And I think Fisher revealed that, like, pretty much... Every scene in the movie that he's in is a Whedon scene, practically. Yeah, they reshot so, like every everything, yeah. everything. So it's going to be interesting because that that means that when we watch Zack Snyder's Justice League in a couple of weeks, it's going to be an entirely different story for Cyborg. Yeah, well, like, look, we didn't even we don't even get to really see the transformation. Like we saw it in what BVS and like a little yeah video on Luther's computer. Yeah, and like that's it. Like I think you're gonna get in the Snyder cut like the full. Oh yeah, him going the, the actual transformation and seeing well, it. And I remember in interviews in like 2015, leading up to its release, they were talking about how Cyborg is really the heart of the movie. Right, that was the big, that Cyborg the big line. story is really the heart of the story, and then it you know it just got relegated down to these basics of him and his dad and giving him a very. I mean. It, I don't think it's a bad subplot, but it's just sort of inconsequential in the right. grand scheme of things. And they don't set up a place for him to go after this that leaves you with a question mark. Right. Meanwhile, but, but he we was didn't intended know to be this thing that he was possibly going to be in the Flash movie was mm-hmm. like a big line for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah, and that was the thing too. Yeah, and now yeah, supposedly yeah. is cut. Uh, yeah, I think that big, was the thing. You know. Yeah, yeah, because Rick Famuyiwa came on mm-hmm. and he was planning on incorporating Cyborg into his Flash movie. So rather than Cyborg getting his own movie, he was going to be part of Flashpoint first or, you know, whatever that Flash movie was first. Who needs to mop metal for that long? <laughs> <laughs> Poor janitors. There's always a lonely janitor in every movie that gets. He's gonna he has to this. see some crazy stuff. <laughs> he didn't want to. <laughs> like, what is this? By the way, I would watch a show about like a janitor that works at like Shield or like or like you know whatever. Yeah. 
what's whatever Waller's uh, foundation is and stuff like that, or something like that. Like I would watch it. That would be like a really like a comedy show set yeah. in the DC or Marvel universe. Yeah, and he's just like all the weird stuff. He, he goes home to his wife. Yeah, yeah. so a weird flying bug man today. <laughs> Go to his I'm therapy sessions. I'm with it. HBO Max, if you're listening. <laughs> Yeah, Jason Kalar, please. <laughs> All right, so here we are in Themyscira, and apparently everyone just stands around with weapons at this box all the time. No, no. So the mother <laughs> box is doing weirdness. So the army is out to prepare for what may come. This looks great. I'm not sure... Who shot what when it came to this sequence? I just enjoy right. it. And see, and this is so weird, though, to kind of have an, a villain that kind of seemingly comes out of nowhere here. Like, you know, for the first Justice League movie to have like this villain that very few people have heard of. I feel like that was a hindrance, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in selling the movie, like who's heard of Steppenwolf? You know, outside of the hardcore fans, and then the way this version looks to that design. I mean, he looks like a PS2 game. Yeah, yeah. The design's very uninspired. He's like a goat man. Like you know, if if you're gonna try to sell the public on a Justice League, a story where. It's finally time to get together this massive team of heroes. You got to give him a cool villain to go up against. Yeah, I mean, like, they literally could have just, like... And, and you know, this was, was my issue with, uh, you know, even, like, just the death of Superman in general. It just... Mm -hmm. It feel like there was no build... Not enough build-up to it. Like, you're literally going right to Darkseid, who's, like... One of the yeah. biggest. Well, I'm saying here though, even just in this version yeah, but even of the this, story, yeah. where they're not building to Dark Side. You know what I mean? Like he's not even part of some grand arc. So when they were selling this movie, I feel like that's a handicap. You know, you're showing this is the villain. It makes you know it, nobody's invested in him yet. No one has spent any amount of time being scared about who this villain is and what it means if the Justice League fails. Right, like, he, he's the Thanos, really, right? Like, and they even, like, they built up Thanos in the Marvel like, universe. Like, yeah, they, and, they just kind of threw him in. And, and like, I, what I wanted to say was, like, Batman vs. Superman, you, you kind of had a villain there. Like, they could have did something different with Lex Luthor instead of locking him up in the psych ward at the end. Like, mm -hmm. he could have been the villain for Justice League. He could have got, like, or teamed up with Brainiac or something. They could have, like, they had yeah. a perfect lead-in, like, I think, right from that. But um, see, but, but, but Or should have set up the Legion of Doom earlier and that could have been their first set of villains for a Justice League movie. Yeah. And then you work your way up to then but, dark side. It's but, like, okay, yeah. now there's an even bigger threat, you know? But, but for me, like, I want to just sort of like accept what happened. Right, and in terms of like too. how this movie plays out, though, I feel like, look, when this was going to be Snyder's story, where this is clearly just chapter one of a, of a grander Justice League story, having Steppenwolf as the main villain is not a bad idea. Because the whole thing is we're setting up Darkseid, right. and you would be building to that. Which we're going to see in his that. actual cut. Yes, yeah, exactly. So. so the Steppenwolf thing is only really egregious in the Whedon cut here because he's not attached to anything. He's not attached to any threat that we've seen already, and he's not attached to a threat that's coming on the horizon he's just this standalone random alien dude yeah. who's obsessed with these mother boxes 
you know, to the general public that there was no reason for them to buy into, oh, I need to see this story. I got to see them defeat this. You know, in, in freaking Avengers, you know, it was Loki and they'd been setting up Loki through the first Thor movie. Right. And right. he had popped up in the post credit sequence, I think, at uh, Captain America or something like that. He, he kind of looks like something from like a Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the voice is great. I love Oh, Karen the voice Hines, is great, yeah. But this design is totally underwhelming. And his plot desire doesn't inspire any kind of uh, interest in me. <laughs> it's just right. so vague. Him and his mother boxes. and It'd be one thing if he was clearly... The, the you know the front of an upcoming invasion. Yeah, that's but really that the biggest offense of they this cut movie. Out the invasion is the villain and that motivation and, and that. That's really what it is. And I know that there's um, more Green Lantern action action in this sequence. I think in the Snyder cut. Right. Remember when we all used to have to do that to communicate? <laughs> That's how we had to you know, what a tough time in humanity that was. The only way to you know, convey a message <laughs> was to shoot a flaming arrow. Very far. You know? <laughs> very, very, far. very far. Across an ocean. <laughs> and if you couldn't do it, then you just couldn't tell anyone anything. You had to keep it all to yourself. Right. <laughs> I didn't know that that's the specific invasion fire. I guess that's well, like, what that means. Had that not been on the news, would she have seen that or heard that message? Yeah, like wait, wait, over. I wish she found out in like. I wish it was like a mystical thing, and she yeah. found out in a mystical way. That makes a lot more. The sense. The fact that she found out through the TV, like yeah. the Amazons know that was going to happen. You, you think her mom on Themyscira was like, "Someone's going to have BBC yeah. on." Yeah, and, you know, and shoot the arrow. So I don't think she. That's uh, just a little silly. I know nitpicky, but yeah, silly. But I know what you mean. Just, and then play with the mythology. You have this wonderful mythology. Just like add to that. Why but, do it in a weird way? I mean, that's the thing. In the Snyder Cut, there's pictures of her there where the arrow hit. Right, right. So it is better in the Snyder Cut. And then speaking of things better in the Snyder Cut, poor Amy Adams, poor Diane Lane. We're saying better in the Snyder Cut and we haven't even seen it yet. No, but it's anything's but it, better it, than it's this. It's got to be better, yeah. Amy Adams is worthy of so much more. Than what they gave Lois to do well, here. Well, both of them. Uh, uh, yeah, and Diane too. Diane too. Yeah, it's it's relegated to nothing in this. And meanwhile, like you know, her, her, she's so pivotal in the narrative for Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. Right. And here she's you know more or less just window dressing. Yeah. It's just like hey, we have Amy Adams. And this so. Daily Planet doesn't really look like the Daily Planet that we saw in the previous films. No. 
Like they didn't even try. They just found a break room at on the Warner Brothers studio lot and shot this right, right. real quick. I, I forgot, I mean, do we even, do we even like. get Lawrence Fishburne in this at all? Is Perry White? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I don't think he's I don't in the theatrical cut. But I wonder if in the Snyder cut he is. I don't know. And look, you know, I, I, I like the sort of emotional subplot of Lois and you know, her mourning of Clark. Right. Um, but I feel like that's the only thing they gave her to play off of here. And I'm sure she has much more intricate and interesting things to do. Although, wait a minute. Did you hear? Mm, no, I'm just remembering not. now. Last week they said that uh, she and Bruce have a relationship in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Or do they, or they were? He was going to. No, I think I think they are. Oh, I'm curious. I think it's that. one of the reasons why all I think all of Amy Adams' scenes are from the weed and shoot too, practically, because they had to completely alter her story. Yeah, I forgot. I thought I, I thought when I read the story, it was like a plot that he was going to have happen or had fleshed out. Yeah, I don't know. We'll but see. You, yeah, we'll see. I guess. And this actually looks pretty good. I mean, the, the the hoodie is obviously hiding the fact that they're doing some quick, dodgy effects work. That they're trying to avoid. Yeah. But he also rocks that, like, the sweatsuit outfit in, like, a lot of the comics and yeah, in yeah, other yeah, media, yeah. too. Like, that's his thing. But I feel like that's a lucky instance here. Because they were also yes, doing, yes. like, a quick on the... You remember, they were shooting this stuff in May and June, and the movie's coming out in November. So they had yeah. to make this stuff look as good as possible really quickly. Also, that siren, if I'm not mistaken, right? Isn't that like from the Parademons or from like the the Dark Side universe? Like, why does it sound like a car alarm from the America, like the United States? <laughs> yeah, I, I, that kind of I was like, can you give me yeah, something a little more alien, more alien or yeah. something? There's just some stuff, and I agree. While I we're think, talking about hey, cyborgs, I think Diana's gonna like mention Steve oh, and right. Trevor for the first of seventeen times in this movie. <laughs> There it is. There it is. Damn, we should have like lined up some tequila shots for this or something. Do a drinking game. <laughs> Here yeah, we so, go. Now we get the whole... And this is actually going to be dark side. That shot yes, yes. was not supposed to be Steppenwolf. And here's where you would see Green Lantern stuff in this flashback shot. Right. And yet, the parademons in, in, in the Snyder's movie look different. So yeah. that's one of the things... Like You might be happy about that, because you were saying you don't like how the parademons look. Yeah, they look and like they're not goggles look the on same. and helmets. It's like weird. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to look like this. Um, I was going to say, but while we're talking about the cyborg suit real quick, too. Yeah, when we, when we get to more shots of him, it, he has a little bit of like, you know, CG Green Lantern suit stuff going on. You oh, know? yeah. So, I always find that it's a little... doesn't look that great yeah. on screen. 
These guys look like the Resident Evil 4 Mori Resvivir uh, guys yeah. from the it castle. Yeah, like they just took the same model and duplicated it seven times. And yeah. Like, you know. But those are, I think those are meant to be other things. Yeah, those are meant to be like granny goodness and stuff. Right, right. Um, yeah, we'd be getting those little those So they just literally there. took one model and said copy and paste seven times. <laughs> like you said, they had to do work quick. Yeah. <laughs> quick, effective, and not a lot of money. And that's why, too, like, there's the lantern. But that's why, too, listen, credit where credit's due, it's amazing that they were able to make a movie that looked and played at all, considering they shot it so hastily. Right. And that was like a little, like, uh, lightning. That was, I guess, from the magic users, maybe from, like, related mm. to Black Adam or Shazam, probably. I didn't even see that. Yeah, there's right. a guy there. He just did, like, a lightning blast. I'm assuming that was an homage yeah. to that. Yeah, like these guys. Oh, that's... Yeah. yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. So those would be people from, like, the Shazam... Shazam land, the I magic think it's called. Sort of, <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, the Black Adam sort of, yeah, magical gods end of the DC universe. I never caught that before. And all of this is part of Whedon's simplified version of the plot. Right. They're like, okay, so now you know. <laughs> yeah. He's basically like, all right, so I have three infinity stones for this version yeah. of Thanos. So there you go. Get angry. And <laughs> yeah, support, your, support your heroes the rest of yeah. the movie. <laughs> all right. There are three of these things. He, if he gets it, it's bad. And they need to get together to stop him from doing the bad thing. Got it? Good. You know, that's it's, all. It's every video game plot. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. I mean, it's the same plot as Justice League. You yeah. know, where we're trying to get. Tha- I mean, as Avengers, we have to prevent Thanos from getting the stones. We have to prevent Steppenwolf from getting the mother boxes. I mean, all in all, a fine scene. Yeah, I mean... I like Ben and Gal together. I enjoyed their dynamic when it was that cat and mouse dynamic in BVS early on. It felt... I actually remember in BVS, they, they almost felt like Batman and Catwoman a little bit. When yeah, they were like yeah. both doing all that spy type stuff, trying to infiltrate Luthor. But anyway, this is cool. I actually really like the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, and that Snyder there, you could tell because of Ben's face. He's like, oh, this is how I was going to look before the studio wanted me to look like I currently look. (laughs) This is the version of me that was shown in BVS that the studio said, no, we don't want Barry to look like this. Gorilla sign language. (laughs) It's just cool for me with Miller because I saw him in a movie called City Island like 11 years ago. 
And I said, this guy's great, and he's going to be a star one day. And uh, to see it happening was like, yes, he just has something. Yeah, I saw it. Um, he's just got something. In another movie, it was like, we need to talk about Brian or something like that. He, he, yeah, I mean, he's been in a. Yeah, he was in the perks but, uh, of being a wallflower. He he's is. He's, he's a, good. But like this, he's he's a real good actor, and he's got a great charisma to him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's a green screen weed and add-on by the way if yeah. you're looking at it. And that was Bruce from Whedon also. Yeah, you could tell, yeah. And this is... I kind of can't tell. <laughs> that car is awesome. <laughs> That's also, it's great. Okay, yeah, it's corny. Right. It's great. Yeah, it's all right. Let's It'll do. Superpower. I'm rich. Uh, to me, it's a bit of a groan. Well, it's it's. I think I it's fe- it's a big joke. I guess yeah. right. Everyone's it's always a joke. It seems like what's Iron Man's superpower? What's Batman's superpower? He's rich. He's got yeah. unlimited resources. I mean, I think it's just kind of like yeah. a nod to that. It's corny. I know. Listen, you could like it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna like it. <laughs> It's honest. <laughs> it's honest. That's your favorite scene in the movie. Now we all know. <laughs> I'm not rich. My favorite scene. <laughs> She's like, how'd you get my screen name? Yeah. This is a pretty cool way to, you know, introduce Cyborg's abilities to the general audience. Right. I saw that map and I feel like I'm just like I'm playing Spider-Man and I'm like a web swinging <laughs> through Manhattan. Clearly Mercedes was the yeah. one who paid the most money to have their cars in this film. <laughs> that was like two different Mercedes really quick. Yeah. <laughs> Rapid fire yeah. Mercedes. Somebody's got to pay for these reshoots. <laughs> exactly. I like his delivery. It's interesting. It's unique. Yeah. I'm curious, actually, if his delivery and stuff is different in the Snyder mm. Cut too. Not only yeah. more scenes, but if like maybe he was directed differently. Mm-hmm. 
Well, the funny thing is, he's a theater actor. This was his first real movie. Right. So, you know, Snyder plucked him up from the theater scene somehow. So he, you know, he's got chops if you're a theater actor. But imagine the pressure of, like, this is your first movie, and then all this stuff happens during the yeah, filming. Yeah, what a nightmare. Yikes. A traumatizing way to begin your film career. Yeah, for sure. Oh, she just referenced Steve again. Correct. Okay. So that's two <laughs> times now. Yeah, like her whole her whole persona and personality is just defined by yeah. this one man that she fell in love with. It's a bummer. All right. Now it's time to get reacquainted with the Aquaman, who up to this point we knew very little about still. Now we're going to get to see him in action. This is before James Wan's gotten his hands on him. This is before, this is the very earliest iconography for this Aquaman. Huh. Are they trying to say that that thing was on his hand even after all the swimming? I guess. It's very sticky. <laughs> it's very sticky. <laughs> this looks great. And this is such a cool vibe for Aquaman. Remember, up to this point, to the, the general audience... Aquaman was still that guy with the blonde hair riding on top of a of a dolphin who talks to fish. Right, yeah. He was he kind was, of a corny character. He was like a joke of a character. Yeah, this is like part of that reinvention that really Snyder spearheaded. You know, Snyder decided that, you know, uh, this is how Aquaman was going to be depicted. And Whedon more or less stuck to that here. They just simplified his subplot a bit. Yeah. But as far as reinventing Aquaman... You know, this is awesome. I, again, I know you're not a big comic guy, and I'm, yeah. I'm like here, you know, on and off. But uh, I do understand that in like recent years, they've also very much uh, I, they didn't go this route with him, but they revamped him quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, they in the comics. and he is a little more of like a dirty it. rock star. Yeah, like his com <laughs> comics seem to like have been selling better, and the character yeah. seems to be like a little cooler now. <laughs> yeah, like like the, this depiction of Aquaman completely re. But yeah, this know, works re -energized for me. Energize the character. This I love totally this. works for me. And look, you know, look what happened. You know, th this movie was already pretty much in the can, and then it went on to gross a billion dollars. It was the biggest winner for DC up to that point on the financial right. way, you know, since the uh, DCEU began with Man of Steel. So, you know, it's clear audiences saw this and said, I want to see more. No matter what I thought of the previous movies... I want to see more of this guy. Yeah, Jason Momoa has just also got a lot of goodwill, I think. Yeah, with just... Game of Thrones. And he's got some fandoms that are very loyal yeah, to him. He's cool. I mean, he's a cool guy in interviews and stuff, too. He and, just he's seems cool. like a... and, and listen, the women love him. Yeah. The guys want to hang out with him and have a drink with him. And they think he's cool. Yeah, he does have that, that, that quality. Yeah. yeah. 
It's a fine line. If he was just a pretty boy for the chicks, it would be different. But he's, you know. Oh, here's where um, the weird air bubble so they can talk. Right. That James Wan changed. Right. And does she have an accent here? And remember, and just think about how red her hair is going to look in the actual Aquaman movie. Oh, right, yeah. It's like Ariel, Little Mermaid Red. I don't think she has that accent in no. the real one, right? I'm but it's like sure. in and out here. It's like yeah. slight... You know, I don't think they reshot any of this because pretty much he was working on the real Aquaman movie while they were trying to reshoot Justice League. So he was he, he was like hardly ever there for the reshoot. Yeah, I think they just cut a lot of the Atlanta stuff out and then they just had to shoot like an extra scene just to like, yeah. okay, how do we sum up all that stuff we cut out in? Yeah, like so here's said, the, the, the big polarizing Russian family that people uh, get upset about because they're like, you know, we didn't cut so much, but he added this. Why? And I mean, let's examine it here in real time. What is he doing? Here's a family out in the middle of nowhere and things are weird. They're noticing that something in their area is wrong. And this is honestly, you know, this is all part of the part of the foreshadowing of what Steppenwolf is really up to with these mother boxes. Right. So, so far, all right, this makes sense. We're, we're, we're giving a sense of danger and stakes there where the third act is going to take place. So to me, you know, I don't even think they uttered any dialogue, but for those 80 seconds, they were on the screen. I understood why they were there. Right. Because think about this scene without them. It's all just kind of like you don't know where anything is and n none of this like the none of this matters. Yeah, at least like yeah, it 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 creates stakes. Maybe it's like a lazy way of creating stakes, yeah. but it just doesn't. It, it, it's a rush. And then really way. I think we just see them again now at the end, you know. No, there's going like to be another thing in the middle. Is there yeah. But they're just like there for like the hero moment, you know. Yeah, and they're also there to set up the super heroics between Flash and Superman at the end, too. To give them a nice little... Uh, right. That moment. I'll, whenever I see him, I always just think of Miles Dyson in Terminator 2. <laughs> That's who he is to me. You're just Miles Dyson. And he's been in... A, I've actually met him in real life, and he did a movie with my aunt. He's great. But to me, that's Miles Dyson. <laughs> right. Oh, and speaking of things that it's like missed opportunities. I know. I was like so... The fact that this is probably like a one and done appearance for J.K. Simmons. And I forgot, are we supposed to get Gordon. more of him in the Snyder Cut? I'm not sure. I don't I'm not, know if I mean, they I, shot more scenes with him right now. Yeah, I'm not sure how much more than this we're going to get. Yeah. 
But still, like there was such potential for J.K. Simmons. I would have loved to see him, yeah, interacting with Alfred and and Batman. In an actual Batman movie, yeah, you know. I know. I mean, just because he's such a tremendous actor, I love. I just like love him. That's (laughs) why it makes all this so bittersweet to know, like, none of this went anywhere. You know, none of that shot wasn't necessary, by the way. (laughs) Sure, it wasn't. Let me just let's just show her butt. <laughs> he's got like he's some people might find that like annoying or whatever, but like I, he's got good timing. But the thing like, is, and I know people like him, yes. So that's why it's like, yeah, like I like a guy who was a, a guitarist in my band for a little while. He talks the same way. Like this, this is not some shtick. I know people like this guy. Yeah, I like this guy. <laughs> and it is kind of like you know, like when Spider Man, uh, like, yeah. is fanboying over the Avengers in Civil yeah. War, and, and that's like, the thing. And it adds something like to the oh. narrative because yeah. you know you need to have that that human element within the team that the audience can relate to, that lovable underdog who's experiencing these characters with the same amount of awe as we are. There's the Elfman theme again, a little bit in there. <laughs> Oh, interesting little tidbit, too, that, uh, you know, a friend of mine who works on the costuming end of things told me that, like, when they came back, there wasn't a new cowl for him. So he had to wear the same cowl, even though he had put on a bunch of weight, which is why, if you look, a lot of times, like, it doesn't sit right on his face in certain scenes. Like, the nose will look twisted or something looks off. (laughs) This Barry Allen looking when he sees Cyborg is actually good. I don't think I ever noticed that before. And see, it's those little touches. You know, Barry's supposed to be our way in, in a way. He's yeah. the fan in it, the mix. It works for me. I know, like... Uh, He's the stand-in for us. I'm not, like, a die-hard Flash fan. So, yeah. like, I don't know. I could see if, like, you are someone who follows the comics. Like, maybe he is way further yeah. from the character that you and always look- imagine. <laughs> And that's pretty much yeah, it. That's J.K. It. Simmons is Gordon. That's a wrap on him. What a what a. I mean, I think you know. I think we'll waste. get some more in the Snyder Cup, but that's it. You know, yeah, it's crazy. But that you know, I think about that scene. Like that's kind of cool. We get to see him interact with Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Flash. I, I mean, I, I mean, Gordon. Yeah, actually, get to see the league, which is kind of cool. And I remember at this point in the, you know, when I was first watching it, I was just trying to kind of like soak it in. They're like, oh, wow, this is actually our first taste of the team out on a mission together. Right. So I was kind of like, you know, I was trying to get into it, you know, and, and up to this point, aside from not being into Steppenwolf, seeing them together was really exciting for me. Right. I agree. <laughs> And I like this moment because this is the first time he's ever been in this situation. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people hate this. Yeah, and I don't understand. I like that. And see, like the cow doesn't fit his face right. Yeah, but I like this. 
this moment of guidance where Bruce really mentors Barry who feels in over his head. And then this is great. And this almost feels like he's, this is from experience from when he was a young crime fighter. Right. He, you know, he knows what it's like to feel overwhelmed. You're out and what am I going to do? Okay, just save one person and then start from there. Yeah, it's a, it's a good scene. You it, know? it gives them a little something. Yeah. And it, it gives makes, Batman the mentor quality, yeah. the leader quality. And it makes yeah. Barry like a sympathetic, you know, heroic figure who's just trying to find his place in all this. And he wants to help, but he's scared. I don't know if like Barry is more the natural hero in the comics or not. Yeah. Again, I'm not familiar enough. We'd yeah. have to talk to your, your cousin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon. The Scarlet fan. Um, <laughs> he, would, he would be able to tell me more. Um, but, uh, but either way, like yeah. as adaptations go, yeah. in this, for this thing, version it works of what Barry Allen is, I'm with it. I hope there's more of him and more of that in the Snyder mm-hmm. Cut too. Actually, I'm actually I'm actually excited to hopefully see more Flash stuff in the Snyder Cut. Yeah, because um, he's a Flash is a cool character. Yeah, and just like you know, they've done so much cool stuff with him. Even on the CW show, they've had some really cool moments. You know, yeah. even with their limited budget. Um, and hey, look, we're watching Batman do some hand to hand. I know, and combat. I'm talking about that. Um, and I'm talking about the Flash. Uh, <laughs> you know, but. I, they, they, they've had him do like some cool stuff here as well, but I want to really see him like a little bit. Well, that's the thing. Bit. His next movie is going to be like a centerpiece for DC on film moving forward. Yeah. Because it's going to have Ben Affleck's return as Batman. It's going to have Michael Keaton as Batman. It's going to have Supergirl in it. It's going to be this crazy multiverse spanning tale that sets the course for where we're going next with DC on film. You know, so we're going to get to see more of Ezra Miller's Flash in a situation where he could really shine. <laughs> they really went all out with the gadgets and vehicles, which actually yeah. I love. I appreciate and Listen, it. you got to try to sell some toys. You know, I mean, speaking cynically... You know, one of the things that Warner Brothers wants from expects from a DC property is that it's going to sell a ton of action figures to kids. It's going to sell a bunch of toys. Do, do we know in the Snyder Cut if if Cyborg's suit is going to look a little better or different? Oh, we you know. I've already. If, if you I look think at it the, is. I if saw. If you look at the screens. trailers already, it's already night and day. Yeah. Good. It already looks much more detailed, and like it looks like sturdy metal. Here, he looks like aluminum foil sometimes. I actually really like that shot of him getting in the cockpit and then turning around is really yeah. cool. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm pretty okay with this sequence overall. Yeah. Steppenwolf is a, a little stiff when yeah. moving, you notice. But again, I mean... That, and again, I don't like... The parademons look like just men in suits, kind of, and yeah. uh, with ugly faces. <laughs> He's just not a compelling villain at this point, and his design doesn't instill any... I'm not scared of him. He just looks... Like this big lanky yeah. goat man. He's so he's not particularly menacing. Yeah, His I, I plot have no attachment doesn't really to scare him. me. Yeah. Yeah. I know nothing about this guy, and I don't know why it's important that they stop him. It's still all sort of vague and And this is this is a great yeah. great scene here. Too. And now we get to see Flash in action. And now we know that he's scared. But here he is springing to action. You know, now we've grounded these heroics we're about to see. 
with knowing, look what he's accomplishing, even though moments ago he was about to have a panic attack outside. And what does that say about Barry? That he is innately heroic. And he is here to help. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I feel like that that's cool. And and that that actually in tandem with the see like here and now yeah. he feels great. And then he trips. <laughs> and then he trips. Ow. And now he's embarrassed. Oh. And look, he saved Wonder Woman. And now he's embarrassed again. You know, some people like to make a lot out of that moment. Like it has to do with his face and her boobs. But for me, it was never about that. Right. Yeah, you know, no, like, that's that's always like, the big one like I see. His, yeah. his face is towards the camera. And the look on his face is more like, oops, you know, like I, I, I didn't mean to end up this way. And I'm trying to look cool in front of these demigods. And right. I just did something silly. You know, to me, it never read like this. Um, it didn't read too overtly sexual, predatorial. But thing, you could argue you know? like it didn't need to be that. They could have did what well, you said in a different way. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's kind of maybe what the argument is. Yeah. I don't know. But if you look at the overall sequence, like he's kind of clumsy throughout. You like it's it's moments of brilliance and then moments of looking like he doesn't know what he's doing. So I don't know. I I got it. But here we go. We're about to. The team's going to grow in a moment. <laughs> Jeremy Irons is just great. Always good. And everything he does. Was so good in Watchmen. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, yeah. That's another discussion. We should do like a Watchmen conversation at some point. Yeah, big fan of that. <laughs> one of my fears. Also, is one of drowning. my fears is drowning. <laughs> See, to me, like Barry seems harmless and you know nervous and right. I exactly. guess why with me, like you know, I never read that moment as like this gross thing, you know. But it is what it is. And this is our first that shot of him awesome. in Aquaman yep. armor. Here he is, but it's not the armor. Yeah, the armor we see in Aquaman is like a little more. But truer. up to now, he's been in like pants and a t-shirt, tattoos. <laughs> Here we get to see Aquaman as Aquaman for all intents and purposes for the first time in live action. And that was a cool moment they gave him. Yeah. <laughs> oh a little more jk simmons we do see yeah, him again. i, I forgot. forgot and then see here's the first real shot and he looks great yeah he looks epic that armor is awesome 
the yeah. way he plays him is just so effortless and badass. Like this made me a fan of Aquaman. I had yeah. never cared about Aquaman before. I mean, also, like, I, I want to say just for this iteration of Justice League, uh, you know, cyborg aside, I know I keep talking about this. I don't, <laughs> the suit doesn't look great, and, and hopefully it will be fixed uh, in Snyder Cut. But uh, I really like the costume design in, in a, it. A Wonder Woman's outfit's great. I love Batman's. Again, I wish longer, yeah. longer ears on the cow. Look, we're back here That's with right. the Russian family just to kind of follow through on why Whedon may have added all this and what the point of it was. Right. So here we go. And look, and they're scared. And we know the parademons feed on fear. And the parents are scared. And that's why now they're starting to come by the house. But she is not scared. The little girl is not scared at very all. Very good. Very good. So it's almost she like, has bug spray. She has bug spray. <laughs> but it's almost like maybe in a way that's protecting the house. Because she's not scared. The parents are, are fearful and the parademons can smell that. That's a good. But she's brave. A good you know what point. I mean? I, that, that's an interesting little thing. You see how calm she was as she looked at the ceiling. She's like, I ain't scared. I'm going to get some bug spray for these things. And then this is great. It's freaking a fanboy. What would you do if you first cave. got in there? Yeah, you... He's doing exactly what I would do. I mean, not quite at that speed. Yeah. But, you know, if I could move at that speed, that's what I'd be doing what's, in the Batcave. What's the first thing you do? I'd explore the entire cave and then sit in the Batmobile. <laughs> that's exactly what he did. It's good. Yeah, the mother box stuff is like super cool too, but uh, it just it is it's just so like exposition and like kind of just rushed through in so many points. And this is where they hatch the plan to bring Superman back. Yeah, see, I know this is part of reshoot stuff. It, it makes me just think about how, like, they completely changed everything about Superman's storyline. Yeah, that, that's the thing I think most yeah. people are probably most curious. Is like, and I want like, to see how it... was so egregious about that storyline or whatever it yeah, was? Yeah, about like, how he came back, how they brought him back and all that. Yeah, yeah, like, they changed everything. So that's another thing, too. Like, practically everything we see of Superman in the, in, in the Zack Snyder cut is going to be new because this is all Whedon. Everything that's about Superman in this is pretty much all Whedon. Aside from, I mean, you know, later when he fights the Justice League, but we'll get to that. 
But see, this is cool. And, you know, when they refer to him as that beacon of hope, it's like, I again, I just wish we, you know, we would have gotten to see more right. of that. But. Another mention of Steve <laughs> Trevor. Well, also, this isn't. In Snyder's kind of continuity with the character where she well, like she that, just has she, been in hiding. Yeah, and obviously now that's been all like completely retconned. Yep. Um. But then people say like you know they could mean figuratively you know shut down in terms of being a public beacon of hope. That right. You only yeah. get it in the shadows. You know people take it that way, but it really doesn't play like that's what they were trying to say. Yeah. They were trying to say it that is she vague has enough not though that been you could... Wonder Woman right. in a hundred years. <laughs> the pause there is actually really good. Pet cemetery scenario. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and here we are again, sort of. Hello. Did somebody leave their Prius in the parking lot? <laughs> the alarm's going off. Yeah, License that sound. Plate. It kind of sounds like, like a I've car. I've never thought of that before, but you're right. It and it just sounds so like normal. Like like I like that like that could be a text message sound on my iPhone. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, it doesn't sound remotely alien. Again, or so anything. nitpicky. But I know, but like, I never thought of it. But you're right. Sound design's it's important. A, it's a common sound. It <laughs> sounds know? like a car alarm. You're right. I like the speech about Superman here. <laughs> it's a work. really good scene it is it is i don't know is. what th- th- i couldn't this i wasn't paying too close attention to ben's face but that's it just uh, objectively that's a really good scene i love what it says about superman what yeah. it says about bruce's feelings about him what the world thinks of superman i like the, the moral that- quandary aspect to it too yeah. right but uh you know and I also like the idea of like the world needs Superman and the team needs Clark. The team needs that good guy at its center. You mm-hmm. know, like, like, like that line, like what that means. You know, so it's just, that was a good scene. And here's where they're setting up sort of like the buddy dynamic between these two. Which would have been in Rick Famuyiwa's yeah, Flash movie. And I should say, not for nothing, you know, like all the criticisms leveled at Batman and Batman vs Superman, him being violent and darker and like mm-hmm. all that stuff. I mean, this movie, like really, like you see the change in him and it really retroactively like makes what Snyder was going for like totally make sense. And it's 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 just his through line. It's different than yeah, the, the one you like wanted BBS or expected. Yeah, it's just a dark chapter in this Bruce's life. Yeah, but like you do see like the, the change in him. So like they did follow through with that and yeah. I'm, I'm sure it follows through in the in the Snyder cut as well, not yeah. just the theatrical cut. And when you look at it that way as the whole piece, it's like, you know, it retroactively lifts up, I mm-hmm. think, some of the previous movies. 
That's why I gotta say, I gotta note this. You here. know what? This is the best movie ever. No, 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 no I'm kidding. No. <laughs> no, but I just gotta say that, like, considering how quickly they did this overhaul, how quickly and sloppily they did it, it's a miracle how well this thing plays and how the different story elements and character arcs, like, you know, it's. It's just, it's a miracle that it actually plays as well as it does when you consider that yeah. he was still filming stuff in September, okay? Right. Wadden was, Wadden? <laughs> Whedon was still filming stuff in September. So the fact that he and the team at Warner Brothers, listen, just credit where it's due. This should be a complete and utter disaster with yeah. with the amount that he rewrote and reshaped. It's not perfect. It's not what the original creator intended but necessarily, but it's it's, not, it's a it's a competent. Yeah. Like it's not complete. I know some people listen on the hyperbole side. It's like it's unwatchable. It's total yeah, garbage. No. It's not. It's just vanilla. It's just vanilla, and it's it's like the, everyone deserves better. The only music you know? for Man of Steel they're going to use the entire time. Right. Which boggles my mind and I hate it. Because Zimmer composed some beautiful music for Superman. Also, Batman's in his tactical suit now, if you've noticed. It's uh, a little bit darker. Yeah. It's, it looks a little more armored. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, when it comes to the music used in the movie, they let Wonder Woman have her music. But for some reason, they completely discarded Zimmer's work. And to me, that's just horrible. Yeah, you know, I saw, and I love the John Williams theme. You know, who doesn't? But I couldn't believe that not once did we hear the like da 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 da. A junkie you know, like, XL is finishing the soundtrack yeah, so for Snyder it's gonna Cut, have and he music. worked with Zimmer on yeah. Man of Steel and, and stuff. yeah, so he, it's going to have the themes. I'm so Good. excited Good. to hear the themes. But yeah, I'll never forgive Elfman for that and Whedon for that. For not letting any of Zimmer's themes carry over here for Superman. All right, here's this weird, oddly specific, hokey way to bring Superman back. Yeah, this is. I was this part I was never a fan of from the get go. This just feels like we need a quick and easy sci-fi-ish explanation for this. But really, you know, none of this is explained in a way that is particularly gratifying. I love it. Just for a second, there's Superman's corpse. You could see him. Yeah. There's dead Clark, everyone. Like, this is morbid, weird shit. Yeah, well. I used to think uh, the way Ezra Miller moved as the yeah. Flash was a little goofy. I don't... But at the same time, like, it would make sense that he's using so much effort. And long strides. And, and, you know, to, like, yeah, do what he needs to do. Um, yeah. But it, no, it definitely looks... It long. looks... Especially in the last shot It's a little end, strange. When he's yeah. running on the streets at the end. Now, here I am in the theaters, by the way. And I've been waiting for this. I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> right. Superman is back from the dead. I, the freaking lifelong Superman fan, and I'm hoping that audiences love him, and I'm hoping that he, Henry Cavill gets to make more movies. So right now, I'm, standing, I'm sitting in the theater, and I'm like, please, let this be awesome. 
And I'm also just really excited to see him again. I want to see how he comes off. <laughs> what, you know, how is Clark feeling right now? Like, this is heavy, all right? He's at the memorial that's been destroyed. And this is all Snyder. And I was going to say, I'm like, his lip looks okay yeah, here. Yeah, no, this so is, is all, Snyder. Like, all Snyder. This is all Snyder. I don't know what that is. So this still happens, but... Yep. You'll the, see, the you'll manner see with when which it changes. He comes. It's the dialogue. Once he has the talk, it becomes Whedon, pretty much. And I like that Barry's kind of geeking out, like, oh my god, that's Superman. But now, yeah, Clark's kind of coming <laughs> back on, and he's seeing things, and... He's like, this guy doesn't have a heart. <laughs> and, on a, and on a primal level, he's feeling threatened. And then Cyborg's AI is sensing that this thing is going to attack him, so now it's preparing to defend itself. This is a pretty cool setup here. I'm into this. That CG looks terrible. Yeah, it looks His really weird. His neck is awful. But in terms of setting up what's about to happen, I'm with it. I like the idea that Cyborg's AI that he doesn't know how to control yet just did that instinctually. Right. Oh, boy. All right. Imagine how you'd feel if Superman's yeah. mad at you. It's the worst feeling. Some of this dialogue is terrible, <laughs> but Ezra is great. Yeah, but the stuff Diana has to say is, I think, awful. Yeah, it's he's confused. He doesn't know who he is. She's just telling the audience. Well, that explains it. <laughs> yeah, the audience. She just said, "Audience, it's okay what you're feeling. Here's what you should know. This is all still Snyder. Again, this is Snyder until he has to talk, more or less. Right." <laughs> like, nope. And that's cool using the lasso to try to link with him. That's actually and a this pretty is cool my shot favorite too, thing here too. Yeah. My favorite moment is when Barry realizes this dude can see me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this face is really good. <laughs> and he can keep up with look at it. <gasps> that's amazing when he's like this yeah. guy can see. He's me. like he's in real time uh -oh. with me. Oh yeah. no, <laughs> he's the only one who can actually hang with me here. Yeah. Oh. Oh, and the music is like this inverted John Williams music. Oh, good catch. And see, this is all still Snyder. Right. It's going to sound very different now. Here comes some Whedon stuff. Because there's Ben from a Whedon scene. And here's Whedon. And there's the lip. There's the lip. Which looks better than it did earlier in the movie. Yeah. Hang on. That's a Snyder shot. 
I don't love seeing Superman headbutt Wonder Woman, but it is what it but is. But then they go back shot for yeah. shot, which is yeah, great. I do like that. But you but know, then he does a, a flying. Headbutt. I'm not. I, I'm not in love with seeing that. But it also, is what it is. Batman's dead. Yeah, in real life, that's it. You hit a human being hard enough to dent a car like that. They're a dead human being. This would also hurt being held by the face. Oh, your neck would break. <laughs> this doesn't look as bad as I remember. Oh. This is actually not bad so far. Mm. This isn't bad because, again, if you remember, one of the last things that happened to him before dying was this guy trying to kill him. That's true. And yeah. getting kryptonite and doing all this awful stuff. So his most recent feelings on Batman up until about 10 minutes before he died yeah. were that this guy is a, a no-good, murderous vigilante. He just tosses him like a ragdoll, yeah. by the way. Also dead. And this is pretty much what Amy Adams is reduced to. It's like, go, yeah. calm, go calm the man down. She's damsel. Yeah, it's like She's a little, just uh, a damsel in this one. But she brings it, because Amy always brings it. Yeah. Amy Adams is just a wonderful actress. A professional. And this is wonderful, because this feels like a payoff on... Uh, See, because like, I mean, this has to be Snyder's shot. Because look at his face. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure the way she ends up here is different, but here she is, and that felt nice. Because right. I remember when I watched it. Everyone recently, hates this part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Batman as a joke. This is when he becomes George Clooney's Batman, right. basically. But I'm not gonna lie, I'm a hundred thousand percent guilty of chuckling in the theater from yeah. that line. Because I mean, yeah, I it know. was it's. Stupid, but it's funny. I know. But also, like, I'm a sucker for stupid, funny... Yeah, and as a callback to, you know, yeah. you bleed in BVS. I mean, yes, you could argue it really is, like, out of tone, but I'm yeah. like, I just, I chuckled. I don't care. But I will <laughs> say, watching this after watching Man of Steel and BVS consecutively, like, I did them all three in a row, the stuff between him and Lois is, like, one of the few rewarding bits that carry yeah. over. There are moments together when his face is normal. Like this, you know, it's just nice seeing them together and knowing the history of Man of Steel and BBS. But see, you hear there's piano playing? Mm-hmm. Why isn't it... Da, da, like, why isn't it right. the Zimmer piano? Is that difficult? Does that interfere with the scene if it's the contemplative, somber piano for Man of Steel instead of this? Like, it feels deliberate and it feels like vindictive in a way. You have quiet piano music associated with Henry Cavill's Superman. Just use it. Well, I mean, it, 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 again, it's, it's tonally off. This movie's like just not connected in like a lot of the yeah, ways. It really just but disassociates also, like, itself. In even a lot in of the ways. beginning, when they're showing all like you know that montage of like the world reacting mm-hmm. to Superman, like they put like a I forgot it's like a cover of a song in yeah. there. I think like. Missed opportunity to have done like a cool, like somber montage of all the superheroes' themes during that. Yeah, like almost like a musical when they start off with like the review of like all the music before. Like the over. Just feel like you had like you just have these great composers. Like you just use them. I don't need any pop music. Yeah, and how it just build these themes, build these motifs. Like it just makes no sense to discard them because you had Man of Steel, you had BVS that used them. So the idea that in the third movie now. We're going to just forget the themes. Aside from Wonder Woman's, 
it just feels slightly ridiculous. And I'll tell you, you know, if there's one thing I'm really looking forward to is hearing Junkie XL's score. Like, more than anything, like, as soon as that hits, as soon as that arrives, I'm going to download that and listen to that. Hopefully it arrives before the movie comes out. I like listening to the score in advance and trying to imagine what it's for, you know? Um, but yeah, like, for me, low-key, the thing I'm most excited about is hearing Junkie's score. low-key because I don't know what to expect from the movie itself but I know that the score is going to deliver in ways that this one left me hanging so bad and then yeah here, so here's what we're sort of setting up the uh, the past is prime ready to retire Batman because this is where they were heading even before the Whedon reshoots you know, Ben had signed on for an arc that included a conclusion for him. You know, a lot of people talk about how, like, you know, he was going to be like the the Robert Downey Jr. for the DCEU, where he's around for 10 years. And, you know, that was never really the plan for him. You know, the, the plan was always to kind of introduce him older and tell a story that concludes with him sort of passing the cowl down. And here we are setting that up with showing how, like, you know, is the, the dialogue where he's talking about how, you know, I don't know how much longer I've got left doing this. So you know, here they're still sort of beating that drum that this Batman is not long for this world in terms of being uh, an active crime fighter, that he's soon going to be just the mentor guy, because that's really what, what Ben Affleck had signed on to do, make a few key appearances and then have you know, end up being more just in the background. But it's like it's a good scene. It is a good scene. Again, all the a lot of the character one on ones are actually pretty. Oh yeah, no, you know, it, it it accomplishes what it's setting out to do. I also like that you get to see him in like uh, the the under yeah the Batman Long John's mm -hmm. underwear, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> Can can gal can Wonder Woman get drunk? I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't know either. Can a you know can a demigod shaped of clay and Zeus and whatever and lightning can she right. can she get a buzz from? Well, this Thor thing? Thor can get drunk. So, actually, now that made me want to get some whiskey. Should I get us some whiskey for the rest of this or no? Yeah, it's up to you. All right, let's watch this scene. <laughs> oh yeah, this is look at his face. Oh. Yeah. But let's see, how do they do with the writing of Superman here? How does he sound? Face aside. <laughs> mm. The Henry's got a good Superman voice. Yeah, he does. And again, there's quiet piano music in the background. And it's not the Man of Steel piano. Up close, it doesn't look as bad as it 
as it could. And this is nice, you know, this is uh, good love story stuff. You know what it is? It's like you're you're always seeing him be Superman to her. Yeah. <laughs> but like not really to anybody else. Yeah. And like that's what I need to see. Yeah, we want to see the rest like he of definitely the world. has the qualities. He's yeah, got he the sweetness. He's got the tenderness. He yeah. has that. Um, and that's why he has said in so many interviews that you know he wants to play a more classic. Yeah, like he's fully version. aware. Yeah. Of like what and he's capable of. Yeah. And if you watch him here, this is the Superman he wants to play. That that's the I guess that's the thing we have to acknowledge too. As much as we hate what happened with the facial hair, this is the Superman that he want wanted to play. Henry Cavill wanted to play. Yeah. Because he was pretty in favor of the way Superman is portrayed in this movie. And, you know, I I mean and it's kind of well. I mean, known. I think he is portrayed pretty well in this movie. Yeah. Um, it's That's more, kind of the it's more of what I want to see out, yeah. out of out of the Superman in this like universe. But and that's um, the irony though, because of you know the face looks so bad, but yeah. the right the actual depiction of the character is not bad at all. Yeah, there's a like I don't love the itchy thing, and there's a couple things that feels a little bit one dimensional. But overall, you know, our boy's looking pretty good here. Clark looks like. This looks and sounds like a Clark that I recognize. Yeah. What? Perfectly good scene. Just yeah. if they would, I tell you, if they would have just put a little more, if they would have put some of Zimmer's score under there, I would like be absolutely in love with that scene. Aside right. from the fact that his face looks weird once in a while. Yeah. It was. It was funny, like the the lip thing, like in the heat of it, like when the movie came out, like. Mm-hmm. But now, being so separated from it, yeah, you know how many years away from since the movie came out, yeah. But yeah, like you know, it, it was easy to just be like caught up in in like lip yeah. lipgate, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. back then. But no, when you go back, no, it's 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 really it's distracting. It is, and I'm someone who could eat a lot of bad CG. Yeah, <laughs> I could really deal with it. Like I can put up with it. This doesn't look great. Um, you know what I mean? Like no. I could deal with it though. You know, but he kind of looks so, like stop stop motion animation. But hey. I guess what they're trying to say, your mother, like it's like she, they're rebuilding there. It's like a new world is being born right there. And that's what they're there to do. They're here to turn Earth into that kind of hellscape. Yeah. So, you know, I, I get what they're going for there. So now they've... Oh, here we go in the new suit. Now is when he's in the Oh, this is the tactical. Yes. But the other one was different too, though. It was... was it? Yes. I mean, it did look it darker. It was charcoal gray and it had little, like, hmm. ab things. <laughs> Gotta sell those action figures. This is like the, the super tactical one. A little more Dark Knight uh, mm-hmm. Rises. Well, it, it, uh, it looks Dark like Knight. Arkham Knight. Yeah. It looks like Arya from the Arkham games yeah. with all those little details and all that, all that metal. I mean, this is cool. They yeah. all look great. It does actually look, yeah, like very right? much Arkham Knight. Like yeah, that it does. armored when you get in there. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Which I, I, I've read that like there was inspirations for him from the games. And yeah. Like you said, I mean, I don't, we've I, talked about it to death. We did, we did a commentary on BVS and yeah. like the warehouse scene is the an Arkham fight. The warehouse scene <laughs> is Arkham. Yeah. Um, so it's cool. Yeah, man, I loved all the Batman stuff that was being. Set I love the here. lake stuff too; it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, here we go. Further explaining the plot for the lay people. These boxes are all the color of Superman. Yeah. Yellow, red, and blue. And then it sinks in. See, this this moment is a Whedon moment. Oh, a thousand and percent. I, but it's a good one. Like, I'm going to miss... Like, this is actually something I wish would be in the Snyder Cut. Obviously, it's not going to. Yeah. And I'm happy like, to see I, Those what, moments what are okay. Snyder, like, But like that... Yeah. Because I love that scene. Some people will say it's corny or it's like, because I think everyone wants it to be dark, but like, read the Justice League comics. Like, half the fun stuff is not even the action panels. It's like just the banter between the the, the And everyone's personality getting to shine. And, you know, it's just... That was actually a cool moment. Like, listen, again, say what you will about Whedon, uh, Whedon, Whedon, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, he, he knows how to... I've watched a lot of his work. I'm a big Firefly fan and, and all that stuff. Like, he knows how to do that. Those little scenes, those little yeah. moments. He's good with those character moments. Look, don't forget, you, he used to write X Men comics for Marvel too. He's mm-hmm. a comic writer. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like he under he does understand. He obviously understood in the Avengers. You yeah. know, like that movie was the first big team up movie, and it was real good. That's such a cool shot. I'm sorry, I, I'm just over here. No, see, that... I still just fanboy out for the Justice League. You know, to, to yes. me, no matter what, it's still kind of cool to be seeing them together. Yeah. Seeing them walk out and come out of the ship is and cool. And everyone looks great. Everyone looks like right out of a comic book in a way. You know, everything looks like a painting. This is... and it's here's art. A, here's an issue I have, and this is with just about all of these films so far. Maybe with the exception of Man of Steel. But all of these, like, Snyder-era films. Yeah. I hate that the final act or final battle always takes place in this big green screen CG landscape. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish it was in, like, a real location. Well, I mean, Man of Steel was in Metropolis. It was. That's what I'm saying. Except for Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah, is yeah, the yeah. exception. Uh, you know, everything else was in, like, this big, like, washed-out green screen. Like, Batman vs. Superman. Well, that's the this. thing. BVS, um, I swear Snyder Even did Wonder that. Woman, the first one, ended in, like, it was like an airfield or something. But I yeah. remember it just being very vacant and, like... Yeah. Well, yeah. here's the thing. I think there was an overcourse correction after Man of Steel when people were upset about Metropolis getting so destroyed and like, you know, the way Superman didn't seem to do enough to stop it. So they just said, all right, fine. All the next few fights we're going to put someplace very remote so nobody complains about that. Right. You know? It felt like an oversimplified way like of addressing they, that. There's a way to put it in real places. And- I know. I don't know. There's a way to we've balance seen, we've it We've seen out. it done. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's why, like, they overthought it. They overthought it. Like, but this place my- This place really has, like, no significance. No, and I think that's why they added the family, too, because the, the place means nothing. So, But even with them, it doesn't know, even mean with anything. Them, it doesn't. But, like... They're the only thing that's any kind of flesh and blood there. And right. later on, they're going to get saved by the heroes. Right. You know? 
without them there, there's really this area means nothing. Yeah. Like you know when you know when like directors and and everyone like talks about like oh like the location is actually a character yeah. in our story like th- there's a reason this for that isn't, it, it, so it they works. have to make up characters for it, it. works and it should be a, a character <laughs> in your story All right, and this is good because it also now it's setting up that like now the Justice League is about to have all these things to send on it. And now we've been setting up this family and now they're going to get the hell out of Dodge. But in theory, you know, there should be a little suspense there. And, and that, if I'm not mistaken, that's the first time we've seen that other people do live there because I just saw a bunch of people oh, running. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they didn't even... I thought they were the only family there. It's just... It's very... I don't know. <laughs> Got the Burton music in the background. This yep. seems very Burton. It's cool. <laughs> it's totally cool, though. Yeah, but no, that's totally probably... That's Snyder's shot. Yeah. But... Yeah, seeing the Batmobile with machine guns does remind one of Burton. And you know what? As things go, watching all the characters interact, you know, this is pretty cool. Yeah, no, everyone has their little moment. Yeah. This is cool. So, yeah, so far, Bruce has interacted with Wonder Woman. <laughs> now we've seen him interact with Aquaman. And see, those little corny lines, you know, I know they're a little ham fisted, but it's good. It works. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> No, sir. It's the team. Yeah. I'm not the one who bought a pitchfork. <laughs> Listen, you put up with I'm not wearing hockey pads, so <laughs> we could do that, right? Like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, this, a lot of this... I love just slingshotting him everywhere. (laughs) He's just, it's it's cool. And then he surfs down the building on him. This is so badass. See, the the old meme of him surfing on the dolphin, what a way to invert it. Now he's surfing on a parrot. And look how he just gets off, like, so, like, waves his hair. He's awesome. (laughs) He did did end that really cool. This totally did so many favors for Aquaman. Now we get to see Batman get out of the the vehicle. That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> I love gadgets. I just want Batman with gadgets. Yeah. All day gadgets. <laughs> now here we go. This is all stuff that got mangled and changed. Like in Snyder's version, Cyborg and Flash are behind her there. Or Aquaman is supposed to be behind her, but they changed it. Oh, wow. Yeah, the whole, like, yeah, he re, you know, reorchestrated how a lot of this plays out. Because they also had to add this whole thing with Cyborg working on the mother boxes. <laughs> yeah, so and there you go again. There's stuff. like the buddy, yeah. buddy cop thing. Again, you could see the studio notes under everything. All right, here we that go. That CG on that go. green slime is absolutely awful. Windows <laughs> 95 level. Oh, there's a bunch of parademons just hanging out, by the way. Yeah. Just standing on the wall. Just going to watch. 
And see, it's, it's a recurring thing how klutzy he is, by the way. I just want to point that out. Yeah. Aquaman even said, you're tripping over your own feet. Just, just give me this. <laughs> yeah, Steppenwolf is just such a dud as a villain. I yeah, don't he care. really is. I really... At all. And Ivan Ooze is coming to town. Ivan Ooze. For our younger listeners, you might not remember Ivan Ooze. <laughs> yeah, so that's an interesting thing, too, that it's growing and this field, yeah, like the farther it goes, it, it's desolating the earth around it, the world around it. <laughs> Yeah, like right now, I just feel like it's a bunch of just cool shots, but I have no emotional yeah, stakes not, or investment in this fight. I'm not gripped fight. at all. Yeah. I'm not like... I just like seeing all the cool little yeah. the little moments. But I'm not on the edge of my seat. I'm not, you know... Yeah, that's what the, just this is film what is, is guilty of the most, yeah. I think. It's just, yeah, they failed to... I'm not getting any of that like adrenaline that a good action scene right. will do where I'm like, oh, right. what's going to happen? Or oh, this is amazing. I remember from previous viewings when Superman showed up, I did start to feel something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm waiting for. I hope that happens for me this time. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, that's not good. Here we go. I think. I think we're almost there. Here we go. <laughs> also his suit is a lot brighter yeah they oversaturated you could see all like the weird pad lines though I don't dig that yeah because it was too dark in the other movies so that was because it was just, dark for a reason the yeah, suit the wasn't lighter though it was just it. color correction yeah. so that's why um, and he's got the stupid lip in a lot of this no here there's not no there lip. he doesn't but prior he did and I love the, the justice corny line I don't care what anyone says <laughs> Let's reattach that leg. <laughs> you see, I I like the exchange, but honestly, Affleck's delivery I think is too comical. I feel like he just didn't even want to say it. Yeah, that's like, really what it is. It just felt like he was a like you gun see, to his head to say you that. You can kind of tell he's phoning it in. Yeah. But, like, Henry's delivery was good. Henry's great. You know? Like, that's what I'm saying. No qualms with Henry. (laughs) If you you were to just isolate just the Superman moments, the way he delivers the lines, the way he comes off in the scenes, there's very little wrong in this movie. He's barely in this movie. I know. But for when he is, it's right. Look. Yeah. (laughs) 
Like, that's the thing. You know, we all get so hung up on the freaking lip. But the actual Superman shown here is a pretty damn good Superman. Yeah. And these, they really are great moments and interactions between look, the characters. That's great. <laughs> like, it makes no sense on a... You know, like, physics. The physics Yeah, of that structurally, the, the sides of the yeah. building are collapsing. But, listen. <laughs> it's a comic book movie. And there we go. Now we're done with the family, but they're safe. They got saved by two of our heroes. Great. Ooh. Love it. Love that line. That's, yeah. <laughs> and to me, it's crazy to just someone's calling Superman and here's Superman. I'm, yeah. so, I'm such a fanboy. I'm like, yeah, Superman's <laughs> You're here. Right? You're right. You're in a situation where you could say Superman, and there he is, and You're he's helping damn you out. right, Superman. That's here. awesome. Imagine being in a situation where you could be like, "Yo, Superman." Yeah. Yeah, Henry is a damn good Superman. He really is. Ugh. just not giving the time to, see to shine. Him in a movie where he gets to be like this. He's like, not again. <laughs> <laughs> do I have to do the weird thing with the... Oh. <laughs> and that's actually kind of funny, all things yeah. considered. <laughs> this, that's a good moment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind that. I don't mind any of that. I thought that was good. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> oh, here we go. You did it now. Yep. And this is the first time he's ever used ice breath. That's that right. Was, and, and that was a weed in addition. I, I believe in the Snyder Cut, it is Wonder Woman herself who deals with Steppenwolf. Like she kills him. Oh, nice. I think she decapitates him. That's awesome. Looking forward to that. Yep. <laughs> looking forward to these guys looking different. <laughs> and then here's where the whole weed in thing about uh, feeding on fear pays off. Right. They've been setting it up the entire movie that fear attracts them. And now look, he's scared of the Justice League. And look what happened. And again, this might have landed had he seemed so scary and fearsome prior to this. That the thought of him being scared would be like, there's no way this guy's ever scared. Right. But this guy was such a meaningless villain. It's like, he should have been scared all along. Right. He was always in over his head. <laughs> Lots of smiling. Lots of extra smiling shots. Yeah. Oh, and he begrudgingly said, booyah. That's been discussed. See, like this shot. Yes. Like, oh, I love this. I love this. I love this shot. 
and I felt great in the theater. Yeah. And we're going to get this shot. It was a bit underwhelming, though. I mean, like, really cool moments, but, like, underwhelming climax to it. Yeah, this is just a mediocre movie with some very memorable moments about our most beloved characters. (laughs) Oh, wow, more with the freaking Russian family here. Yeah. But yeah, now they get to see a new world be born. So this pays off with, you know, now we're going to see what they see. Oh, no, not yet. Did they already show where everything all blooms and looks all beautiful? And they I was did. Just talk- oh, I they did, it. yeah. Okay. It's just like weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine, though. Yeah, well. Snyder. Mm-hmm. And this is a good scene. This is a Terry O written scene. Actually, no, this is this is part of the overhaul though still, just before the mustache. This is when Jeff Johns had had his hand at this at the script. And Superman ends much more traditional. Right. In Zack Snyder's he never goes back to this. See, that's where the that's the fine line with how many versions of this movie exist. It's like wild. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like that's from Zack's plan. There's the setup. He gets the job in the crime yep. lab, so now he's See, you know, as things go for what they were trying to do, had it worked, had audiences shown up on opening weekend, it might have worked. But they weren't interested. I mean, listen, even after this, I was still looking forward to the future that continued off of this, despite the underwhelming. But isn't that crazy to think? Had a big audience that was just invested in seeing a Justice League movie shown up and seen this, I think it would have worked. Yeah. But only $93 million's worth of people, you know, $93 million worth of people showed up. If the drama and, and like, all the, everything that the happened thing, the with drama, this but like that, that was, was never known. Yeah. And, and, it, and everything, like, I wonder... But it wasn't really known beforehand. That's no true, one I knew. guess. It, it, well, they all knew they the reshoots, knew, I think, yeah, leading but, up. But all they but, said was that Zach's daughter had passed away and he had to step away and Whedon just came on to do a couple of routine reshoots and that this movie was Zack Snyder's movie. And the official company line was Zack Snyder's movie. The actors had to say... This is Zack Snyder's movie, and Whedon just helped us out, and it was a great thing. You know, the official company line, people heading into opening weekend, everyone, you know, the general public felt this was going to be Zack Snyder's movie. Those of us who, you know, on the blogging end of things, I knew some other stuff, the scooping end of things. Right. But nobody knew what had happened quite yet. I guess maybe the better thing for me to say is I'm curious if, like, if this is just what we got and there was never like this was what Snyder made, oh, let's yeah, say. Yeah. Like I wonder how it would have been received. Yeah. Like not knowing there was maybe some hints or things at the time. Yeah. I don't know. And then here again, you know, Zack Snyder's doesn't end this way. Like Superman is not in this place in his life. But I love that. I love right. that. I love that they included that. But what is that music? That's not Williams or Zimmer. Yeah, what was that? What was the point? Like, <laughs> I feel like we just talk right through the end of that. But it's like, you know, because it is what it is at this point. Right. You know, it, discussing this movie is, is 
it's such a bizarre time in, in, in cinematic history, if you think about it. The, the, the ins and outs and ups and downs of what happened here and how it's leading to the Snyder Cut. It's fascinating. It's ridiculous. It's a movie in and of itself. So yeah, like yeah, for me this movie this movie really f- comes up. Not, I don't say it comes apart. Like I said, it was like I got I got the story. Yeah. I understood it was a little underwhelming, but like the first half of this movie actually like kind of gathering everybody like yeah. works for me. It's really it's just that last act is underwhelming. Yeah. Or I'm just whelmed, yeah. as you like to say. <laughs> but that's the thing that's so interesting though. Again, just talking about oh, I am. We gotta watch this. <laughs> so you almost have to like look away as long yeah. as I don't st- focus on his lip he sounds like Superman and acts like Superman great great <laughs> that's scene that's awesome he's like I'm curious myself <laughs> like it's so good <laughs> see that's funny <laughs> this that's good stuff it is that's a cute little scene good stuff i love it i love it oh man that's why like again i wish more people showed up and to me it's like you know who knows exactly how to assign the blame here but the fact that interest was so low i feel like you have to look at what the audience felt of the films leading up to it. You're right. You're right. You know, they'd seen Man of Steel. They'd shown up to BVS. This is BVS made $873 million. A lot of people did go see it. It didn't end up doing what the studio had hoped, partially because the word of mouth was pretty darn tepid. Right. You know, CinemaScore is the gauge that checks what an audience feels. They they poll people as they leave the theaters right, on right. opening night. So they ask the most rabid fans, what did you think? And the cinema score for BVS was a B, which sounds like, okay, but you know what other movies got a B? Green Lantern. And right. Holly Berry's Catwoman got a B. Yeah, so, so B basically means like, yeah, it's all right. You know, people, people ought to give Bs. Like, they'll give Bs to movies that are like yeah. very okay. People are like, I spent money on it and I didn't yeah. leave. So yeah, yeah it was okay. It was and, and that's your opening night Friday audience. Yeah. So if they're saying B, that's interesting, right? That's a, that's a so real issue. So BVS had a low cinema score. And then after that was Suicide Squad, which also got bad reviews and like was a mixed bag of a movie. And I feel like, yes, Wonder Woman was a bright spot, but Justice League was marketed as a continuation of BVS. You know, all those early trailers were were that this is the next chapter in the BVS story, you know? So I feel like, honestly, those Justice League opened the way it did because of that history. Absolutely. You know, not because of the quality of the movie itself. If, if in Mar, if Marvel had had a couple of more movies that were like Thor level, as far as reception critically and and money to Avengers, Avengers, yeah, you might have not had so many people show up for Avengers, but you know, the momentum leading into justice league after man of steel and BVS wasn't great. 
Yeah. You know, the, the, the hard cores were locked in. The people who loved what Snyder was doing, they further dug their feet in and were doubling down on how much they loved what he was doing. But the people who weren't in love with it start just moved even further away after BVS. And general audiences, I think, just kind of like shrugged it off. So yeah. that's why, because you, you don't open to 93 million bucks because the movie's bad. You opened the 93 million bucks because no one was interested in going to the movie. Yeah. Like, if, if you were a thousand percent sold on Snyder's vision and yeah. everything, yeah, like, uh, there's nothing I can tell you to convince you to like this movie yeah. or that. I, I, I get that. But for, for, for general what audiences, for what this movie was, I just I just watched it right now. I'm yeah. fresh off it. Like, this is, like, probably my, like, third, let's say, third or fourth time of seeing yeah. it. Like, it's it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, but I yeah, mean, like listen, said, it's, it's not great. It's not you know. It, it, it's like what I said before. It's a mediocre movie with very memorable moments about our favorite characters ever. <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. The thing, even for like just even for what we're getting with the Snyder cut, like I actually like. I, I'm I'm definitely excited to see that, but it, it was it was never necessarily what I wanted to see. Yeah, I don't. You know, it's on not about these characters. My taste. It was that I have to say, like the Snyder vision wasn't really how what I wanted to see or what I wanted, but like I'm okay with it. You know yeah. what I mean? It was never like I'm like against it or like. And that's why about. I'm cool with on HBO Max if the Snyderverse were to continue in some way, and they want to release like the air cut of Suicide Squad, and they want to tell like the next story because you know the uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League ends on a massive cliffhanger. It doesn't end with right. a real ending. That's correct. Yes. So listen, if there's a way that it it does garner enough success and they continue, I'm like all the power to them. Yeah. Keep them on HBO Max, and that's that. That's where that pocket universe exists. Right. Here on the big screen, we're going to have the Batman, and we're going to have whatever Flashpoint sets up right. with Michael Keaton as Batman and all that sort of stuff. You know. So I'm kind of like I'm open to to the Snyderverse continuing and kind of enjoying it now for what it is. You know, I feel like a lot of the initial apprehension people had was. They thought, is this like, is if this is the only Batman Superman I'm getting for like the next ten years, like what a bummer this is. You know, like yeah. you know, for the people who weren't sold, you know, right. But now, like accepting it for what it is and, and letting it exist in its own world. Like, listen, if Snyder has enough of a devoted fan base to do enough business to keep that going there for HBO Max, then let them ha- enjoy it. You yeah, I, mean? I just I don't, don't know like what that looks like or who else is yeah. actually on board actor wise and yeah. like. Does I mean, it that, muddy? Because I already hear so tricky. much, right? That There's so much tricky, yeah. arguing online and 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 of people, you know, about like, you know, like for example, like Wonder Woman eighty four, like well, she could fly in that one, but she didn't fly in this. And yeah. there's already a lot of confusion, especially among even general audiences. I have a few friends that are kind of like fly by night. They don't read the comics. They just yeah. kind of watch movies. And he even like I was just mentioning the Robert Pattinson, the Batman coming yeah. up, and he was like. So was that younger Ben Affleck? He was like, oh, I, th- yeah. I feel like. I mean, the same thing happened when Batman Begins happened. Where people confused. thought that was a prequel to Burton's Batman. Yeah. You remember that? People who saw it still thought there that too. There are people that are they super were like, confused. Oh, it ends on a Joker tease. Yeah. See, it sets up Jack Nicholson. And it's like, no. Yeah. People that aren't yeah. nerding out on Twitter yeah, talking about this get stuff every really day. Confused. That are probably the majority <laughs> of the people bringing money to these productions when they yeah. go into theater. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. those people are really very loose with the continuity. So, and that's that doesn't bother me so much like i get it but you know like it's like is it connected to this thing is it not connected is what you know what if they do bring the snyder verse back no like what does that mean for yeah. wonder woman 3 like is that 
still going to. And on top of that, what does this mean for Superman's prospects? Because Henry Cavill wants to be Superman again. Yeah. But he doesn't want to do that Superman anymore. And you know, he we got news, didn't we, recently that, that there's going to be a reboot produced so by JJ Judge Abrams. And that's why I feel like Henry's one chance of returning. Our one chance of seeing him again is in the Shazam Black Adam movies that Dwayne Johnson is producing because they're all, you know, they're managed by the same people. Black Adam, Dwayne Johnson has been trying to make some sort of Superman crossover happen for the longest time. When he, you know, he, he did some big photo spread with Henry where they're toasting tequila and talking about the, you know, like Dwayne Johnson's DC future as Black Adam and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to do some Superman. So he even had Boss Logic do a mock-up of Black Adam and Henry Cavill Superman right. fighting. You know, so it's very clear Dwayne yeah. Johnson's been angling for this. And then there was the Superman cameo, the headless cameo in Shazam. Right. So he's already in that world. Well, so I think I think Henry, if he's going to come back, it, it probably should be there, not Zack Snyder's Justice League 2. Right. You know I mean, I would rather see him interact with Shazam and Black Adam and do that stuff yeah. than be in the uh, Zack Snyder, in the Snyderverse. Because, you know, that's just my thing. It's just interesting now because, like, okay, now we still, because we still have Gal Gadot, Gadot whatever. And, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the, the, the thing's coming. Oh, that's right. We have the one. Let's watch thing. the thing. The stinger. And I remember, like, there was a lot of talk because they added this very late in the game. That's right. Even at the initial press screenings, they only had the Flash Superman race. This wasn't on it. And this is something that Snyder had put together. I don't know if this part here in the asylum was, but this this is all Snyder except for one scene where Whedon swaps out one line of Lex Luthor's and adds right. in the thing about a league of our own. But this scene was going to play out differently. This scene was more to set up Ben Affleck's The Batman because Deathstroke was going to be a part of that. Right. But then they turned it into a setup for the next Justice League movie where they faced the Legion of Doom. And then that plan got scrapped like everything else. See, so this is Whedon. I mean, this is Snyder. Watch the background behind Eisenberg. When it gets like that, where you can't even tell what's behind mm-hmm. it, that's that's Whedon. See, and that's the fascinating thing. Like they had audiences shown up in droves to see this movie. Yeah, they might have been you know excited for where this was going. And you know what? That that but people that was, just didn't come. Jesse Eisenberg really seemed like Lex Luthor yeah. in that too. Like yeah. really, like I was like, oh, now he. I feel like he's coming into the yeah the Luthor we know yeah. or expect or want possibly. And that's why for me, like again, it goes back to this idea of like just people didn't come. Yeah, this movie showed up and look, all the trailers. The trailers didn't even have Whedon footage. The trailers were still just showing all the stuff that Snyder had shot. If you go back and look, they were still basically promoting yeah. as Snyder's movie with Snyder's visuals. They were leaning into that. That's why, again, they were promoting this as the next continue as the continuation yeah. of BVS. And it's like for you know, people saw that and. Only enough people to generate 93 million bucks showed up on opening weekend. You know, that's the, I feel like that's the subplot here with what happened. 
Because yes, the studio committed a robbery. Yes, the way they handled the publicity and, and, and trying to take advantage of Snyder's personal tragedy was awful. But the actual movie that they put forth and the strategy, the way they were able to pivot and how this could have led to stuff with the Legion of Doom and all that, like it's notable that I think had people shown up, it would have worked. Yeah. It would have ended up like Rogue One. Because Lucasfilm majorly overhauled Rogue One, where right. they brought in another director who reshot and de- you know, like he he rewrote and directed half of Rogue One. Right. And people, but nobody cared. Why? Because people showed up. Yeah. Because the Star Wars brand was hot. Because last year it had been The Force Awakens, which brought everyone back to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And Rogue One presented this movie that was completely overhauled, but they pulled it off. Right. Because people showed up. Also, Here, I mean, people, it was uh, definitely a better movie than this. I mean, it, it, I it was say. a better movie, but in yeah. general, like, had people but showed yes. up, they would have been treated to something that I think would have given wave to another set of films that built on this. Yeah, no, you're right. But nobody showed up, and that's you know that that's the story that no one really wants to talk about because you know it just it sheds light on 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 how little interest the DCEU had garnered when finally the centerpiece the justice league movie comes out yeah and no one shows up on opening weekend i i, I would assume at, at some point they do want to have a justice league on, yeah. on film but it's just like yeah i'm i'm really curious like it, it all all eyes going out to flashpoint because like if you're going to keep Zachary uh, Levy Levi mm. on as Shazam you're going to keep Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman um i don't Jason know what's Momoa happening with Cyborg Aquaman. we're keeping Momoa as Aquaman we're keeping uh um what's his face for Flash uh Ezra, oh, yeah, Miller. Ezra Miller yeah you know i mean if you're going to keep all those guys and eventually you do want to work your way back into some kind of a justice league but you're not going to do the Snyder verse and those guys are still going to go on their own path, then you need to do something with Flashpoint to keep them and then bring in a new Batman, a new Superman. Remains to be seen whether Pattinson's going to fit into this, his his Batman, which, like, the way it's been talked about so far, I I don't see. But, I mean, because Matt Reeves, the way he is kind of isolating it in his own world. But, I mean... But, like, that's why they're dusting off Michael Keaton. But that could bring also Henry... uh, Yeah. Kit Cavill? Cavill. Cavill? Yeah, but that's <laughs> Henry Cavill back. Like, that, yeah. he could still f- be in the Black Adam Shazam yeah. universe, but then they can still backdoor him somehow into the new iteration and, and I where really, he's playing a maybe a newer version of Superman or a different version yeah. of Superman that he wants to play. Well, that's why I like... And I have a theory, too. I have a theory because I think it's all but a lock that he is going to come back. I really do. Because there were reports from, like, Deadline, from, like, legitimate places in the middle of last year said that Cavill was speaking with the studio about a new deal that would give him appearances in other films, not his own movies, but Mm -hmm. appearances in other films. And we know all the while Shazam 2 has been ramping up pre-production and we know that Dwayne Johnson is a producer on that and that whole thing and how Dwayne Johnson and the link with Henry Cavill. I think it's extremely likely that that deal really was to allow him to appear in those movies and possibly in the flash. Mm. But I think that deal is so that he could make an appearance, perhaps another cameo in Shazam two, then maybe a tease of something in a post credit on black Adam. And then in a third movie, he would be like a central part of the story with them because remember Shazam and black Adam have to face off at some point. Right. You know, Black Adam is Shazam's like arch nemesis. So the long game here is to have Shazam and Black Adam eventually meet up in the present day. 
And if you have Henry Cavill around and as a somewhat mentor friend to Shazam, mm-hmm. he's going to be there for that Black Adam confrontation that Dwayne Johnson's been spoiling for. But he's also weak against magic. And he's also weak so against magic. So why would you want to be in those movies? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? So it would make for but a yeah. very interesting third Yeah, or, that could know, just be movie. the thing. They just do it like that. And, and I just, what a shame but, but, if he doesn't but, get a solo Superman film. I, I don't think he's going to because here's, here's what I think is going to happen. I think he's going to do those and then on its own, just like Matt Reeves is doing with the Batman, on its own, that's where this J.J. Abrams, Ta-Nehisi Coates project is going to happen. And it's going to be sort of set aside, just like Battenson is set aside from Michael Keaton's Batman. Right. This Superman will be set aside from the Henry Cavill Superman in the Shazamverse movies. Right. You know, and this Superman will get solo movies while Henry Cavill, unfortunately, will be getting just cameo status. And because of that, by the way, it is entirely possible that they're going to do the African-American Superman. Because then if you, if you do that, it's actually ingenious because then you have two active Superman and you're just telling different stories. Yeah. So that way you're not negating that there is a Clark Kent Superman. He's you could see him in the Shazam movies. Right. But this just like that Batman movie that we've shown you or like the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie we've shown you. This is its own thing. Yeah. You know what I mean, so they could kind of like. You know, because I feel like there would be some kind of crazy backlash if they announced that there's going to be a new Superman and it's not Clark. You know, and it's a different Superman. Well, you're saying, well, Calvin but, Harris or Val Zod is Calvin what I Ellis. see. Calvin Ellis. Calvin Harris is a DJ. Yes, I'll well, You're not the Calvin only one Ellis? who's done that. But yeah. Calvin uh, Ellis and then, and yes. And David Guetta. And yeah. David Guetta. <laughs> and uh, and um, Avicii. And, uh, no, uh, uh, Val Zod. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think it, it would be interesting, like... Well, and we're getting a Supergirl... And we're getting Flash. a Supergirl. So, like, assuming they're going to, like, run with that, yeah. maybe, like, like you said, maybe it's just, like, this Clark Kent is rolling with the Shazam verse. Yeah. We have Supergirl maybe is, like, more of the big focus going forward. Yeah. And uh, as far as, like, I guess maybe, like, a mainline Superman. Because, like, I know, unless they reinvent the characters, I yeah. think Calvin Ellis and Valzada are, like, different time periods. Yeah, they're, they're different. Or yeah. different universes. I think some, one of them is, like, it's, like, a flash forward, and he's, like, the president of the United States or something. I, I don't know a lot yeah. about it, but... I guess I'm going to have to do some research if that does end up being what the movie is. But I just think that like that's an interesting way for the studio to ha- like have its cake and eat it too. Where you have a more traditional Henry Cavill, Clark Kent, Superman who appears in the Shazamverse and possibly in The Flash and is there for basically like crossover purposes. Right. But you, ha- but you have the, uh, the Calvin Ellis or Val Zod version that's happening in its own thing because it also just like they're going to establish a precedent where there's a Batman that exists on his own and a Batman that exists in the crossovers. Michael Keaton is basically being brought in to be the Batman who's there for all the crossovers. He's going to be the older mentor Batman that Ben Affleck doesn't want to be anymore. Hmm. So since Ben Affleck left, it created this opportunity. So, so basically you're going to have like the, the mainline version of the characters and then the side version. So Batman's, you know, the, the Matt Reeves is like the side Batman. But for anything that has to do with shared universe, that's Michael Keaton in Mentor Batman wow. mode. Which is cool, but at the same time, I'm like, am I really not going to have like a, in his prime, Batman to fight along with the Justice League? But then again, but, but you could argue, like I was talking to Batman on film last week, you know, and he brings up like, to, you know, Batman is a human and to see him fighting aliens is a little weird. Like he does kind of work best in a Matt Reeves environment, off on his sure, own. Sure, sure. Dealing sure. with threats that are more intimate 
and he's not out dealing with fantastical elements and demigods. Yeah, but you have like you have a lot of regular leader. people, even on like the Marvel side, that are yeah. dealing with like the crazy stuff. So I mean, I, and listen, I don't know. I'm no, and I should add, like I'm happy, like I'm not offended by the thought of Batman fighting alongside a bunch of demigods. Yeah. But there are people for whom there's this idea that like Batman works best in a much more Earth-like environment, a normal. Yeah, not where there's all this aliens and superpowers. You know right. what I mean? Because he is right. just a dude at the end of the it's day. True. It's and true. And it starts to like push you to a point of, you know, the the, the suspension of disbelief gets a little weird yeah. after a while when he's fighting flying aliens. I'm just curious, like I said, if they're holding those people over that, that we currently have in yeah. some of the roles. Like, do they introduce... I mean, like you said, you kind of answered the question with Michael Keaton. Well, let's, let's put Michael Keaton aside. Yeah. Do they introduce like another... Not Pattinson Batman that will then merge with that and and like a non Cavill Superman. No, because I think the plan is yeah, like, like if you want to call these movies the DCEU, let's say like we want to give it a, a name. So in terms of the, on this timeline, on the DCEU timeline, um, you would still have Ezra Miller and Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa and those those all and and Henry Cavill would all technically be active within that world. The Batman in that world, they're going to find a way to write out Ben Affleck's Batman. I, right, and then I, just replace him with I Keaton. I think that's Barry it. That's is going to save his Martha. And I think they're going to write out Ben Affleck. Oh, Batman. they'll do like a Captain America kind they're of They're going to do a thing where they're going to go back and that version of Bruce never becomes Batman and he has a much happier life. And Michael Keaton's Batman becomes the Batman in this world. I see, Got I it? see, I get it. Um... So yeah, so in that sense, if we're going to establish that there are alternate versions of the characters, then it makes sense that Cavill could stay on as the guy who shows up for these kinds of things. Sure. And then the one that Abrams is developing with Coates is akin to the Matt Reeves Batman where he's kind of just in his his own own space, space. you know? So, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see how they actually sort of, you know handle all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I just know, you know? it's like for and general audiences it. it's going to be super confusing. Yeah. It already is and we're not even we didn't technically open the multiverse Pandora's box yet. So. But you know what? You know what Whatever. helps? We'll you know what helps though? Marvel's doing it too. Like audiences right. are going to have they're going to get like a very big crash course on the multiverse in these yeah. next two years. Your general audiences are going to get real geeky real quick. Yeah. Because Spider-Man 3 is going to do all kinds of insane yeah, things with the multiverse. That nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Spider-Man 3 is going to blow open the doors of seeing alternate versions of characters from familiar dimensions from years past. Right. right? And, and then you have Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness following that up and he's in Spider-Man 3. So right. there's going to be a lot of this stuff where they're melting old worlds into yeah you know and then after that is when this flash movie comes out so i think somewhere in there the you know the audiences are going to become very familiar with this idea and maybe it'll become less you know confusing because it's already less confusing right you know i was talking about this last week also like back in 2010 the plan was to release george miller's justice league mortal amidst the dark knight trilogy from christopher nolan Yes, that's right. Like, you know, Christopher Nolan, his movies came out 06, 08, and 12. And Mortal would have come out in 10 in the middle of that with Army Hammer as Batman. Right. You know, so audiences back then would have had to have somehow understood that there's just an alternate Batman, an alternate world, and that would have been really confusing, right? Right, yeah. But I feel like if you tried to do it now, I feel like audiences are already more like open-minded than they were 11 years ago. 
It's true. You know what I mean? It's very true. So I feel like it is happening where little by little pop culture is catching up to geek, you know, right. culture. Um, but yeah, so all in all, I got to tell you, this Justice League, you know, it's not a great movie by any stretch, but I can't help but wonder what might have happened if people would have shown up because that's not a bad movie. And yeah. if you fix Henry Cavill's face a little bit, there's very little in there that I hate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, if his if his face was perfect, if his you face know, was perfect, I don't know. <laughs> if his face was perfect, that's kind of an amazing thing. But it really was. If 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 his face didn't distract me at every moment where it appeared weird, like yeah, <laughs> I mean, weird. appeared weird. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a serviceable movie. Again, it doesn't. It's still never. It's not an instant classic. It's not an instant classic. It doesn't quite hit the heights that <laughs> you know should. other films in the genre have hit, or that, or that I would have I would have hoped. But and you know I, that third act is is very underwhelming. But for the most part, it's not like this like deplorable like like uh, uh, leper that needs to be shunned from society. Yeah. I, I don't think it is. Um, yeah. Sorry, sorry to say for people who yeah. like really do because I know I know there's very strong opinions on this yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, whatever. But I I uh, you know that said. Uh, where as of recording this, we're like two weeks away, yeah. or like two and a half weeks away from seeing the Snyder and, and, Cut. And I am as accepted as I is of as I is as, as <laughs> accepted as I is as accepted as I am. That's good. Of this version of the Justice League movie, I'm also in general a huge fan of actual filmmaker-driven storytelling, yeah. and. You know, I want to see what Zack Snyder had in mind. I want to see a movie that feels like an original vision come to life. This feels more. You know, this feels safe and sanitized. The Justice League feel the one. The one we just watched feels like corporate entertainment. Yes. Like I said, like while you're watching it, you could see the studio notes underneath each creative choice practically you know what i mean it's very paint by numbers but it succeeds like that that, that's the best way to describe it it's like a paint by numbers thing but when you're done and you look at the painting you're like that ain't half bad i can't (laughs) wait to see what Zack snyder were yeah but that's what i mean that's what i mean yes (laughs) like like as as accepting as i am of that i really want to see what he had in mind and see something that stylistically actually follows through on what man of steel and bvs are promising yes you know what i mean so I'm looking forward to that, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing some more commentaries with you, Brent, right? Yeah, maybe we need to do a four-hour commentary for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Just like seven hours of WrestleMania? Yeah, seven four hours, hours of WrestleMania. I don't know. <laughs> we, no, we'll do it. We'll do it. Listen, if we, we have to do it. We survived seven hours of WrestleMania. If I can survive seven hours of WrestleMania, I can survive <laughs> yes. anything. Yes, you can. Okay? All right, well... Thank you for listening to our commentary for the theatrical cut of Justice League. May it rest in peace. Zack Snyder's Justice League arrives on HBO Max March 18th.